This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, earlier in the show... We took a walk back down memory lane and talked about the 72 undefeated Dolphins. We're going to take a couple minutes here and talk about the, well, not undefeated, but they have won four in a row and are one of the hotter teams in the NFL right now. The 2020 Dolphins, guy who covers them day in and day out for the Athletic, uh, Joe Tolentino, good enough, uh, Josh Tolentino, good enough to give us a couple minutes of his time. Josh, thanks much. How you doing? Jody, doing well, man. You mentioned the excitement and, you know, how they're one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Man, Dolphins fans, I think for two decades since Dan Marino retired, have been waiting for this moment to, to find their next quarterback and what they hope to be their future face of the franchise. And, and so far it's been a pretty good uh, few weeks here since Tua Tungavailoa took over at, at quarterback. The, the timing of the, the switch was a little bit surprising, especially with the Dolphins doing so well, but... You know, they, they haven't lost since uh, two has been inserted there, and there's definitely a lot of excitement really across the South Florida region. I want to get into the quarterback and a good Tua start. I'm a big fan. But before we go to Tua, I think we need to start with the guy who got there a year before, and that's your head coach in Brian Flores, who has done a phenomenal job, got them improved last year, got them either further improved this year, and I think he's absolutely a top candidate for coach of the year. We're only halfway through the season, but for first half, you could make an argument for Flores as the guy in the NFL. Do Dolphins know how good it, they have it in the coaching position? Because they've probably been waiting a while to get one of these, too. Yeah, Jody, it's been really fun to watch, especially since you got to consider you mentioned that Brian Flores is in his second year as Dolphins head coach after coming over from New England. It's only his second year, and, and rebuilds, you know, rebuilds tend to be three, four years minimum until teams start becoming relevant again and competitive. And I think everybody in the NFL, any, any casual fan, knows that last year was uh, such a train wreck at the beginning of the Dolphins losing seven straight and the, the fashion of the way, the, the way the Dolphins were losing those games. They were getting blown out in every single game. And here we are just a year later. And Brian Flores has them at five and three. They're fully, definitely in that thick of the the AFC playoff conversation, and and they even have uh, good hopes that they'll they'll continue to be in that conversation comes December with a light or easier November schedule against you know obviously the Chargers. They've got the Jets, uh, the Bengals. I mean uh, the Broncos. They got all these teams that with sub five hundred records that uh, you know come December when playoff time really comes to be the hottest topic around the league that the Dolphins are still going to be relevant around then and and again it's it's been pretty impressive considering this is just Brian Flores' second year at the helm. They do have an easier November but then it gets tricky in December which I'll get to with you in a second but all right you have told me that the Dolphin fans realize 
damn, we got maybe the best coach we've had in the year since Jimmy Johnson. Do the players know how good a setup they've got in Miami right now going under Coach Flores? I think so. And, and you think about the the discipline and really the the lifestyle that Bill Belichick has taught uh, up in New England over the you know the the past really since the the beginning of the, really the past couple decades of what he's created up there. Ryan Flores, he's brought a similar type scheme and a build or a buy-in rather from all of his players. I think when we all talk to them, <laughs> they kind of sound like robots, Jody. They're they're like team first, <laughs> day by day. They they really there really is no individual personalities on the team, and I think that all started from uh, when Flores took over and he instilled that this is going to be the mentality that they take every day and. You know, it shows in practice. It's, it's show, starting to show in games, and but but definitely in the interviews, you, you you see it in our interactions with the players. No one says anything really exciting. They're all again the kind of like robots the way they're built. <laughs> the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, and we are talking about the Belichick coaching tree, and it's being evidenced in Miami right now. Um, all right, so the players know, the fans know. We know that uh, Flores was a defensive coach in Miami. He actually started on the offensive side, and they moved him over to the defensive side, um, and that's what he brings uh, to the table. I can see his fingerprints all over the defense. Chan Gailey comes in this year as the old-hand offensive coordinator. How is the balance between Flores on the defense and Gailey on the offense running these days? Yeah, I think throughout training camp we saw that the defense was a little bit ahead of the offense, and, and naturally, obviously, Brian Flores is a defensive coach, and I think we've seen so many instances throughout the season where Flores, despite what's happening in the game, he, he's always going to trust his defense. We saw last week in Arizona where, uh, you know, the Dolphins are fourth and one. The game is tied late in the fourth quarter. If, you know, you get a quarterback sneak or you a rush and you convert on fourth down, you essentially end the game and be able to melt the clock, but Flores, you know what he did? He he sends out his kicker Jason Sanders, who's been a who's done a tremendous job, by the way. Sanders kicks that fifty-yarder, and he trusts his defense to end the game, and that's exactly what they did. Dane Gonzalez from Arizona missed uh, his field goal, and the Dolphins got a pretty big statement victory. And, and that just goes to show that Flores is always going to trust his defense, and that he's a defensive-minded first coach. Uh, you you mentioned Chan Gailey. Chan Gailey came out of retirement. I think we all forget that you know he was he was relaxed and enjoying like family time, and uh, but he saw this opportunity to coach Ryan Fitzpatrick again, a longtime friend of his. They've they've had two prior stints together, and now that the the, full, the change is full on to Tua, that he gets this opportunity to really groom and develop Tua with all the the knowledge that he has. So I think it's worked out uh, pretty well uh, so far in Miami, and even Chan Gailey has said. Uh, he hopes to open up the playbook more as the season progresses in terms of RPOs, more rollouts, play action, uh, you know, designed for Tua to succeed. Josh Tolentino from the Athletic covers the Dolphins, day in and day out, giving us some Dolphin insight here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, since uh, you went to uh, Tua and Fitzpatrick, let's go there next. When the change was made, and you're right, they had won two straight games, I uh, didn't necessarily see it coming. You knew it. it was inevitable. It was just a matter of when. And Coach Flores made the decision of when. At first, Ryan Fitzpatrick was 
befuddled is the way I will describe it. I I could be a little bit more harsh because I think he was too, but he certainly didn't understand the timing of it. But we're now two weeks in and two has won two games. Everybody on the same page in Miami? Jody, definitely. I think you, you even see the interactions with Ryan Fitzpatrick and two on the sideline. But I think the most telling part of their relationship is that when the Dolphins drafted Tua, shortly after we talked to Ryan Fitzpatrick at the uh, you know the beginning of training camp, the very first time we spoke to him when all the players arrived, and Ryan he he basically admitted that he knew he was the placeholder and that it was going to come at some point of the season. Obviously, it surprised a lot of us, including Fitzpatrick. But uh, I mean, he knew in that this is. This was the deal that Tua came in and both parts that he was going to play a mentor to Tua and, and serve as his bridge starter, keep them competitive, and, and that upward trend that they ended last season with and just keep that train rolling until the, the decision was made by Brian Flores, the scouting department, obviously general manager Chris, Chris Greer. A lot of people were involved in that decision and that uh, they basically handed the keys to Tua while they're competitive with 10 games left because that's a good enough sample size to not only see what they have in Tua, but to see how they can surround him moving forward. Uh, you know, they've got some pretty good draft stock. Uh, Houston Texans first uh, from a prior trade in this upcoming draft. So they've got some definitely ammo to play with in this offseason, and, and they're going to continue to build around Tua moving forward. Let me ask you about some of the weapons around Tua. Uh, all year it's been kind of running back by committee. Gaskins had a couple of really good games. But he's now injured. Uh, you've got the veteran in Howard and Breida, but his health has been questionable. They went out and got DeAndre Washington at the trade deadline just to give them numbers there. They got enough firepower in that backfield? You know, the backfield's been the most suspect part of the offense uh, really throughout the season. And in the offseason, it's, it's been a little bit surprising because last year, the Dolphins were undoubtedly one of the worst rushing teams or the worst rushing team in the league. So they go out and, and supplement that position. They they really added Matt Breida and Jordan Howard in the offseason, two veteran backs with opposite play styles that they thought they could complement each other. And, and really, Matt Breida hasn't gotten enough touches. And Jordan Howard, the experiment, it's just that was definitely, you know, they had a lot of good signings and free agency, but he was definitely uh, – you know, one of the worst ones. It just hasn't worked out for him in Miami. And then Miles Gaskin emerges as the lead back. He was a rookie last year, didn't really get many touches, and here he is leading the group, although he is on injured reserve. So I think they're still going to go around, and, and, you know, it's it's crazy to say, but we're at week 10, and they still really have no lead back, especially with Miles Gaskin injured. So you would think that moving forward, that's definitely maybe one of the positions that they're going to think about. Uh, as they head into draft, but uh, you mentioned weapons. They've got Devontae Parker. They've got Mike Kosicki, who's been quiet for a couple games. Uh, you know, so really no proven playmakers. It's just a, a lot of talent rather than instead of, you know, a number one guy uh, when it comes to two his weapons right now. And in the last couple games, I watched Dolphins win both of their last two. Tua has made some plays with his legs, some very important plays, some maybe surprising plays. Not necessarily for me, because I saw him running Alabama and said, this guy's got that 
added weapon in his pocket of being able to pull it down and run, maybe because people thought that he wouldn't do it as much because of the injuries uh, that he sustained since at Alabama. But that's in his tool chest. How much is Tua going to be called upon to run over this next month, which they've got very winnable games, and they can absolutely put themselves in a playoff position. Yeah, Jody, I recall two specific plays from last week's uh, game that against Arizona that Tua really escaped the pocket under pressure and, and moved the chains. I think they were both on third down. One of them might have been on second down, but, but both of them obviously moved the chains and, and had them convert. And, and crucial situations in the fourth quarter, and there was the one play specifically, Tua juked out with a dead leg. And after the game and really throughout this week, we've asked his teammates, have you guys seen that in practice? And they, they all, it, it's become a funny joke that uh, they, Tua surprised them with that move. And uh, so, but you mentioned how he's able to escape the pocket and really that's what made him so successful in Alabama when he's first able to throw with no pressure, but when he is under pressure that he's able to make a lot of good decisions on the run and really uh, you know, make all the throws that I think we all know he's capable of making. We've seen him and make them all in practice. Throws, including that Ryan Fitzpatrick, isn't able to make. So, uh, you know, he's very talented, and the ability for him to escape the pocket and make these last-second decisions under pressure is really, I think, what's going to make him thrive in this league. Uh, that is a, he's, a, he's really, uh, I think, going to be one of the better quarterbacks to throw on the run. You mentioned Tua and his teammates. Um, when he was coming through Alabama, talking to scouts, talking to guys who uh, followed him, shoot, from his high school days through to college, one of the things that everyone agreed on, he's one of the best leaders around, that he is a take-charge kind of guy, and people gravitate to him and uh, go out and play with him and join forces. Didn't get off to the kind of start that everybody was hoping for, with Fitzpatrick coming out and saying, Wait, why are you doing this now? Even though he acknowledged later that he knew he was just a placeholder. Is it Tua Tunga below his team by this point? Yeah, Jody, I think we've all seen, and, and I think the most telling sign was when the switch happened, or even really before the switch happened, it seemed like almost any player that you talked, they basically all kind of had that same unison tone of that Tua doesn't seem like a rookie when he's in the huddle, when he's directing plays and, you know, when he's receiving plays and calling huddle of directing guys what to do next, that he did not sound like a rookie and that he's very composed. Obviously he had a ton of great experience at Alabama and under the most, you know, pressure situations getting thrown in there in the second half against Georgia and winning the national championship game. So, I think we all saw it in earlier stages in his career, and, and now it's just evolving now that he's the full starter here in Miami. All right. Last thing means last guy, and if I don't give this guy credit, then shame on me. Uh, we talk a lot about the offense, but it's been the Dolphin defense that has them 5-3, and three, every bit as much, if not more so, than the offense. And the best player on defense for me has been Emmanuel Agba, who is on his third NFL team, couple of years with the Browns, Picked up Super Bowl ring with the Chiefs last year, which was nice, but comes to Miami and is playing his best football that he's ever played in his career. Why? What's worked so well with Agba as part of this Dolphin defense? Yeah, I have a little bit of familiarity actually covering Emmanuel Agba when I was um, interning at the Kansas City Star several years ago. 
And uh, you, you mentioned that he won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs, uh, but come playoff time and, and actually in the Super Bowl, he was inactive because uh, he had an injury and the Dolphins basically took, uh, I mean, it's fair to say a gamble on him that, uh, you know, he, he wasn't fully healthy at the end of last season, but they all saw this player that could possibly be an impact guy. And that's exactly what he's been for Miami. He's really kind of evolved here over the past month. I think it's really started in the San Francisco game when he got a lot of pressure and, you know, he might not have been the sole guy sacking Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo, but he opened up a lot of lanes for his teammates, and he's really become, I, I think it's accurate to say, a force on that defensive line there at the end. So uh, he leads the team right now with seven sacks, and it's not even close between the second guy. I think uh, Andrew Van Ginkle has two and a half, and he's in second place on the team in sacks. So uh, Emmanuel Agba definitely seems to be a hit in terms of free agent signings from this past offseason. You need to get some of those if you're going to do major steps up like the Dolphins have done from just two years ago when Coach Flores came in the door. Appreciate it oh, greatly. Yeah. Oh, I, told you, I forgot to mention, also with uh, Agba, he's got strip sacks in the past two games that yes. led to defensive touchdowns. Uh, you know, he's become kind of this highlight real-type player over these past couple of weeks, you know, throughout social media and you can tell that he's enjoying it he actually held his zoom yesterday from uh the car his car he was like in the parking lot of a ups store and his personality is uh, shown here a little bit especially since you know recording those two strip sacks in these past uh, couple games keep getting those strip sacks you can do your zoom conference from, from wherever the hell you want i can guarantee you that uh good stuff appreciate you coming on board josh uh enjoy tomorrow's game um Dolphins, I think, are potentially playoff bound this year. You might be uh, back covering playoff football again this year. Enjoy. Thanks for joining us. Yep, Jody. Enjoy the football. Definitely uh, one of the, I guess, premier matchups between, you know, records aside, but Justin Herbert, number six overall, Tua Tagovailoa, number five overall, tomorrow Sunday in Miami. Appreciate it, Jody. Two young studs. Josh, thank you much. That's Josh Tolentino, covers the Dolphins for the Athletic here with us on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 